name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In today's Gospel, Jesus tells his disciples that he is going to go away from them, but that he will send the Holy Spirit in his stead. This is really a prophecy of two upcoming feasts. The Feast of Ascension, when he will go away from them into heaven to return to the Father, and then the Feast of Pentecost, when he will send the Holy Spirit to be with the church. Jesus said that when the Spirit has come, he will, excuse me, he will, quote, convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. But the same Spirit will guide the disciples into all truth. One way to understand this dual ministry of the Spirit, confronting the world but strengthening the church, is through the biblical idea of holy war. The world exists in a state of rebellion against its maker. Certain angels were the first to rebel, and the chief of these angels got humanity to join in the rebellion. One way God describes, or the Bible describes, God's work of redemption is in terms of war. God is in a campaign to subdue his adversaries and bring the entire creation back under his dominion. Israel waged holy war against the ancient pagan inhabitants of the land of Canaan. The Old Testament says this was God's judgment on their idolatry and wickedness. In holy war, the adversary is first offered terms of peace. And if these are refused, then the adversary suffers the consequences in battle. Some people attempt to draw a false contrast between the supposedly angry and warring God of the Old Testament and Jesus, who was supposedly just all about love. However, while the New Testament is a clearer and more developed stage in God's progressive revelation of himself, the ministry of Jesus is thematically consistent with the way God acted in the Old Testament. For example, the pattern of holy war is evident in the ministry of Jesus. He called Israel to repent. He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. A remnant in Israel heeded the call to repent and became the foundation of God's new Israel. However, the leaders and most of the nation refused God's terms of peace. And in A.D. 70, the Roman armies invaded Jerusalem and destroyed the temple. Jesus said explicitly in Luke chapter 19, verses 41 through 44, that these events were the consequence of Israel's rejection of him because they did not know the things which made for peace. Because God's people refused his terms of peace, they suffered the consequences that were supposed to be reserved for their enemies. The church expands the ministry of Jesus into the world. Led by the Spirit, the church proclaims the gospel to the world in the same way that Jesus proclaimed the gospel to Israel. It warns the world that God's judgment is coming and it offers the world God's terms of peace. Repent, 
Put your faith in Jesus, the Messiah and Son of God, and be saved from the coming judgment. For as we just said, he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead. As the church preaches the gospel, the Holy Spirit works in human hearts to convict people of their sin and turn them towards faith. In God's holy war, the church is not the army of vengeance. Jesus is coming to judge the world. We are ambassadors. We are called to make people aware of God's terms of peace and persuade people to accept them, to come to faith and and avoid the consequences of sin. Just as Jesus called Israel to repent and be saved from the coming judgment. St. Paul writes, quote, We are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading with the world through us, be reconciled with God. Those who repent and put their faith in Jesus begin to experience the Spirit in a new way. The external adversary becomes the internal helper and giver of strength. The one who confronts and convicts becomes the one who heals and reveals God's will. The Spirit leads us to understand the truth about God in the same manner as the Spirit led the first disciples into truth. This truth is expressed in the Bible, it is summarized in the creeds, and we experience it in the liturgy. The Holy Spirit also leads each of us into the truth about ourselves. This is God's holy war against sin in each of our lives. Unlike the world, we are cooperating with this work of the Spirit, and this is the essence of the life of prayer. As we grow in our prayer and see God more clearly, we come to see ourselves more clearly in his glorious light. We experience a progressive healing. Our faulty motives are revealed. We make better confessions. We come to experience forgiveness in deeper ways. Healing and confession are sisters in the life of prayer. Most of our sins, or at least many of them, are outward manifestations of our interior pain. The Bible says that the sins of the fathers are visited on the succeeding generations. We inherit the wounds of our ancestors and we sin in the same characteristic ways. That is, we inflict on others the same pain that was inflicted on us. We can break these generational patterns as we experience God's love in Christ through the Spirit rather than passing on to others the pain we have inherited, we now pass on to others the love and grace that we have received in Christ. Jesus responded to our sin by dying for our sin. And we who have been forgiven by him are called to imitate his pattern and respond to the sins of others with love. Thus, our love for each other and our love for those outside the church 
is a measure of our own experience of God's love and healing. Jesus said, quote, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. If our patterns of selfishness and sin are not being replaced by new patterns of love and forgiveness, this shows we have not really experienced God's love in the spirit. For God's love is contagious. The love of the Father for the Son and the love of the Son for the Father is the Holy Spirit. God could not contain this love within himself. He was compelled to create a world in order to share it. Those of us who receive the Spirit will necessarily be compelled in a like way to manifest this love in life-giving and outward-oriented activity. This is one way God convicts the world of sin. <clears throat> when people respond to sin with love, the world's sin is exposed, and people are given opportunity to repent. The woman caught in adultery in John 8 is an example of this. She was brought to Jesus expecting condemnation. Instead, she received forgiveness and new life. This new opportunity, this new experience of love gave her the opportunity to change her former pattern of life, to sin no more and become a witness of God's love and grace. Another powerful recent example is the Coptic church in Egypt. The Coptic Christians have responded to the violent killing of their members by publicly forgiving their killers. This witness of love has a tremendous convicting and converting impact on those who are weary of the endless cycle of retributive violence. <clears throat> Healing and forgiveness are the work of the Spirit, and they are accomplished in our lives through prayer. The mere idea of God's love and grace does not change our lives. We're healed through prayer as God meets our pain and our sin with his healing, with his fatherly discipline, and his love. As we experience God's love in prayer, we begin to act out towards others in love. First John says, quote, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. The church is the new community in which each member experiences God's love in the spirit through prayer. And each member passes on that experience of love to others. Community is essential to Christian faith. Christianity is a communal religion. While we can experience love directly from God in prayer through the Spirit, we experience God's love most fully through our interactions with members of the body of Christ who are for us signs and mediators of that love because they have the gifts of the Spirit. My pastoral experience is that we do not fully experience the love and grace that comes from God 
unless we experience it in relationships with other people who love us in the tangible ways, the sacramental ways that reflect God's love. Thus, the Holy Spirit works in the world, warning people to turn from sin and rebellion to faith and obedience. The Holy Spirit works in the church, revealing God to us, making us clean from sin, and creating God's new community of love and grace. This work of the Holy Spirit, this work of holy war, will continue until Jesus comes to judge the world. And then, in the words of Revelation, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. As God said through Isaiah, quote, Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. I have sworn by myself, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that to me every knee shall bow. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.